You're listening to On the Road, Our Way, the archive of the podcast formerly known as Women on the Road from 2017 to 2020, hosted and produced by Laura Borshevsky and a production of Rabble Media. Before we jump to this week's episode, we wanted to say that we're getting really excited about the first Women on the Road gathering. We're holding with Van Life Diaries in Taos, New Mexico, starting next Friday, which many of you are already registered for. We're really looking forward to the opportunity to get to meet as many of you as possible while enjoying the outdoors, raffle prizes, fun workshops, live music by Ira Wolf, and more, all while benefiting a local nonprofit in Taos. And while there's no camper required to attend, if you're interested in trying out life on the road for yourself, our friends at Escape Camper Vans are offering a 20% discount to gathering attendees to rent out your own camper van for the weekend. How cool is that? Head to escapecampervans.com slash women and use promo code WOMEN20 to get started. And we can't wait to meet you next week. And I'm out there all by myself. And that's a huge trend, just having Luke giggle to himself, just being so amazed that this is something that I'm doing without him. I'm Laura Hughes, and you're listening to the She Explores podcast series, Women on the Road, a podcast to bring you closer to some of the honest experiences that life on the road has to offer from the perspective of women who've lived it firsthand. Travel isn't always something spurred by vacation plans or points on a map. We know this. I'm going to dive in really quickly here, but tragedy and pain can enter our lives at any point in time. It can impact any of us or our loved ones. And when it does, Sometimes travel helps in the healing process. It's certainly something that Lauren Walker has turned to in the wake of her own tragedy. In the last two years, Lauren was married to her longtime partner, Trent. They bought a house, planned their kitchen remodel, and saved up for their honeymoon. But then Trent died, suddenly and unexpectedly. And just two months into their marriage, Lauren was alone. As you can imagine, everything changed for Lauren with Trent's passing, which she'll share about more in this episode. But as everything else has continued to change, one thing she's kept as a constant is a van that belonged to Trent. Right now, she's traveling in it full-time around Australia, allowing herself room to process her grief and sharing her thoughts openly online with others in the hopes of encouraging us to embrace our lives and loved ones fully every day. We actually started our conversation off talking about the van, which she affectionately named Scobie, a nickname Trent had among his friends. So I'm traveling in a 2010 Volkswagen transporter. Originally, this was Trent's business van as he worked as an electrician. And then he sort of took everything out of it and it was just an empty frame and he put a bed in there with some cabinets on the side. And that was basically all that the van was. And then when Trent passed away and I obviously decided to travel around Australia in the van, I just really did two slight modifications to the van and that was just putting windows in there so that I had some ventilation. And the other thing that I put in was a dual battery system and that was basically it so I could run my fridge and just have simple things charging like fans running at night or charging your phone and your iPad and things like that. So that's basically all that I did to the van. And then I just live out of plastic containers, um, and I've got an awning on the side that I pull out every now and then. And that's really it. I've got my surfboard on my roof racks and um, that's all I have. It's simple as that. A curtain at the back and it does it does me <laughs> all really well. Like uh, It's all that I feel like I need. 
I think sometimes people as well, like, they get a little bit stressed out thinking that they need to put a lot of things in the van and before they hit the road. But once you run the road, you realise that it's just the simple things that you really need. You don't really need to go extravagant and spend a lot of money on, on doing these things to the van. Lauren will be the first to tell you that she wasn't always on board with the van. In fact, the van came into their lives through Trent's work as an electrician. But once he changed jobs, the large vehicle started to feel like excess to Lauren. And they talked about it a lot. So the van sort of just sat there and we'd just gotten married and bought our house. And I was sort of getting a little bit on Trent's case, thinking that a third car was probably a little bit of a waste of money and we didn't really need it. And Trent's response was always that he wanted to give the van to his firstborn son. Um, he didn't want to get rid of it because it's cool. And I used to... <laughs> tell him that I don't think our son would really want such an old van and he said to me no he's gonna love it I love this van and that's he just loved it he felt good driving it and every now and then I would pick him up from places as well and I'd be driving the van and he'd always look over at me smiling going Lozzy I love watching you drive my van you love it don't you and yeah I don't know he just it was something really important to him so I feel him a lot in that van and I'm really glad that we never got rid of it because now I feel like it saved my life because um, if if I didn't have that option of of travelling, I don't really know where I would be right now. To be honest, if I was still at home doing all the routine sort of things, going back to work and trying to live in our house and he's no longer there, I don't think that would have been too good for my mental health, to be honest. So the van has really saved my life. So, yeah, I didn't agree with him <laughs> with it before, but I definitely am happy that we held on to that now. Can you tell me a little bit about Trent, how long you two knew each other? And obviously you guys have just gotten married. So what was your relationship like? Oh, I always smile when I talk about Trent. I met Trent would have been 10 years this year. And we met through mutual friends just at a local barbecue that a friend was putting on and Trent walked through the gates and I remember he just had that ability to lie room. Yeah, I just knew instantly there was something special about Trent. But he was um, asking me out on a couple of dates at the start and I don't know, I must have played a little bit hard to get and I was turning him down a little bit at the start and then eventually I gave in to him and said that I would go on one date with him and the moment that he picked me up from my house and we drove down to the pub I fell in love with him instantly and um, I've never fallen out of love with him to this day and he was always going to be in my heart we lived a little bit um, over in Queensland where I am now and um, he loved surfing and traveling the world and our relationship was just really quite music going sort of relationship Um, he was quite a free spirit he loved to travel and he loved to um, surf so he went on a lot of surfing trips when we were together and I was you know he's lucky he had me um, letting him gallivant and do whatever he pleased and that was one of the things that he said on his wedding speech was that um, I put up with a lot of his, his gallivanting and you know that's one thing that he appreciated about me because he just loved being that free spirit that he was and it took Trent six years to finally ask me to marry him because he like I said he was that free spirit so he liked to go around and do what he pleased and he didn't really want anything tying him down but eventually he proposed to me on my birthday 
And, and yeah, we got married in 2017. It was the most special day of both of our lives. And we invited so many people because Trent just had so many friends. Um, and the list was getting ridiculous, but I knew how many people loved Trent. So I just was agreeable to all these numbers. And it's quite sad to think back now, but it makes me happy in a way that I married him and there were so many people there to celebrate our love that we had together. And it was only two months later that we didn't expect anything like this to happen for Trent to pass away. And um, But it makes me feel really happy that everybody got to see him off before he left us in this physical world. We didn't get to reminisce our wedding photos together because they were sent to me about five days after Trent had passed away and um, we were planning our honeymoon in October and we didn't get that either. And we just worked really hard, um, put the deposit down on our house and we moved into it about five days after we got married and we only got seven weeks there and, yeah, just unfortunately... One morning walked out the doors for a surf and that was it. He collapsed in the water and passed away at 36 and to this day we don't know what's happened to him and we have the final report from the coroner and we're just unfortunately never going to know what's happened to him. So that's just something now that I've got to live with the rest of my life. Yeah, I mean that all happened so fast the way that you speak to it it's astonishing how fast that happened and I can only imagine how surprising that was for you having just gotten married and seeing all this future ahead of you that looked one way and then something completely unexpected happened that totally changed everything yeah definitely and these sort of things sadly happen um, to a lot of people as I'm coming to realise, um, when tragic things like this happen, a lot of people that are going through the same experience come into your life. But one thing that I'm learning being on the road and meeting everybody as well, and I've spent some time with two young widows, the same age as me and my husband's passed away tragically um, and unexpectedly as well. And it's such an individual journey, grief. It's just something that you really do have to do on your own. And my whole entire life got flipped upside down in that second and everything that I dreamt of with him and everything that I thought life was was gone and and 16 months on in time you know you come to realize that it's happened and you start to almost you don't ever accept it but you just start to learn that that's that's the way life is now and sadly it's just something that I have to do on my own There's, there's no one out there that really quite understands what it's like because all of our grief journeys are different. So it's quite a, a really lonely, emotional battle every day. That's, you know, in a way I'm so grateful that I have transferred to be able to explore this beautiful country that I live in and feel a little bit more blessed with life because it's really hard to feel that when you feel everything's been taken away from you. So, yeah, it's really, really hard to try and see comfort or see the beauty in in life when you're so sad but I I have seen such beautiful things and I've met some amazing people on the road and um, I'm very 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 grateful to be able to just explore yeah I'm wondering what got you from the place where you were like when you found out that Trent had passed and obviously that initial like huge stage of grief how did you get from that place in time to 
hitting the road, what was it that made you realize that that was going to be a good choice for you? Well, it's funny. So when it first happens, like you said, it's just, to me, I was in so much shock and there was just so much going on. And I don't think that people really understand what really goes on when somebody passes away. And I'm not saying like, because I'm young, it's worse for me or anything like that. But, you know, we were young. I mean, Trent was 36, I was 29. And this is something that we never had ever imagined would happen or had planned. (laughs) You know, you can't really plan these things. But, you know, things like life insurances and bank accounts and organising funerals and all of Trent's belongings and his work accounts and things like that. And, you know, it took a while for me to really grasp my head around what had happened and that dust was just lingering around until that cloud finally settled once all of that had gone through so bank accounts were closed and the funeral was all over and then I had to manage my home account and what I would do and at the start I thought that I was able to afford to live in my home that any sort of life insurance would have covered it and sadly it didn't so we just started to make good money between the two of us um we had so many things planned for the future and that's what i mean we're always planning ahead when we didn't i feel like i just wish we lived more in the moment and yeah when you when you're younger and you lose your partner and then you lose that second income there's no retirement fund or anything like that I've just, I mean, we just got married. We just paid all this money for our wedding and then I was paying all this money for a funeral. And you can't even think straight anyway because you don't even want to think about the financial side of things when you lose the love of your life because all you can think about is surviving because you feel like you're going to just die from heartache. So you don't want to live as well a lot of the time. Your whole life is a huge black cloud and you can't ever see it getting better. And then time goes on and you just go, oh, I'm not coming back and I'm not going to die from this pain as much as I think I'm going to. So I've got to keep going. Once I knew that I wasn't able to live in my home, to be able to afford to do that on one income, I always looked out at the van, (laughs) staring at it, and I knew that when I drove that I felt good and I felt like I was going somewhere and leaving my pain. And, yeah, that sort of just made me realise that maybe getting on the road and travelling would be the best thing for me and live just life simply. It's the only thing that sort of made sense because I had gone back to work and I had got back into that routine and that I had before with Trent, but Trent wasn't there. I was coming home and he wasn't there and it just nothing felt right. But looking at the van, that sort of, it just did. I just, I can't really explain it. It's a hard thing to sort of explain, but it's the only thing that sort of felt right at that time. And as soon as I knew that 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 was it, it was it. I wasn't changing my mind. And, yeah, it's been the absolute best thing that I've done. We'll be back to hear more from Lauren after this. If you like stories of adventurous women, chances are you'll also like our sister podcast, She Explores. Hosted by Gail Straub, She Explores is a podcast about women who are inspired by time spent outside. Gail hosts some incredible conversations, sharing stories and covering topics like hiking solo, mental health in the outdoors, adventuring with kids, entrepreneurship, and more, all from the outdoorsy woman's perspective. You can find the She Explores podcast by visiting www.she-explores.com podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
or wherever podcasts are found. We're back with Lauren, and I had just asked her if she feels closer to Trent when she travels in the van. Here's what she said. You know, I take Trent's ashes with me in the van, and at home we have released some of his ashes in his favourite surf spots, and we've done quite a few releasings where Trent passed away water there and when I hit a really good surf beach I take a moment and I release some of Trent's ashes at that spot because I just know that that's something that he would have wanted so yeah I definitely feel closer to him when I do those sort of things. I sometimes just believe that Trent's with me every day and he's helping me make these decisions and I know that he's putting me on the right pathway to where I need to be and I trust that a lot of the time when I'm having bad days on the road and I'm feeling lonely, I'll always talk to Trent and I'll ask him to put me on that right pathway and I really trust that he is getting me to where I need to go. Yeah, and he's there with me and, you know, I've kept all of his stickers that he's put up in the van and I look at them and visualise him putting them there and he was a big Liverpool fan and he's got the Liverpool emblem on the back door and I remember him cutting off the LFC part and he didn't want that he just wanted the bird so I remember him just precisely cutting it and he took so much time and effort to put this sticker on because he just loved the van that much and every time I look over at that sticker and I look in my review mirror I always have a little smile on my face yeah just being able to visualize him doing that makes me feel good I can hear that in your voice thinking about that you know, something that you said earlier about like having the van and the travels has been able to help heal you a little bit and how things have progressed in the last 18 months as you've been traveling around and even getting to meet some other widows who have been through similar experiences. What has this trip been like for you so far in terms of your own growth and healing? Well, it's definitely growing me to be more of an independent person. You know, for instance, before Trent passed away, I was always afraid of just being in the house on my own. So if he was out at night with his friends and he didn't come home till early hours in the morning or something like that, I was always afraid of being on my own in the house at night time. That's just who I was back then. And now that I have hit the road and I'm driving to, I mean, they're not necessarily remote, remote places, but you know, for example, Karajini, um, I went there and your distance between the next camper is quite far and you're literally camping in the middle of the desert with nothing really around. There's no reception. And I pulled up to this place and I thought, the old one, there is no way that I would be pulling up and sleeping in my van on my own in the middle of the desert. But you just do it. Like, I feel so independent and so strong out there. My courage has just grown and, I mean, I don't doubt any decisions that I make now. Yeah, I just know that I'm definitely such a stronger person than I was before all of this and I'm so proud of how far I've gotten. And if it wasn't for me during this van life, as we call it on Instagram, I guess, I would never get to really understand how far I can push myself and definitely push myself, push my limits. And I learned to surf 
for Trent when he passed away. It just felt right to get in the water and learn to surf. It just an overwhelming feeling of wanting to do that. I had no idea why I wanted to learn. I just did. And, you know, Trent passed away while he was surfing. So it just sort of made sense to me. And I picked up surfing quite quickly. And now I travel around with my board on my van and I stop off at all these little surf breaks and I test the water and I take myself out there and I go out on my own. And I, <laughs> something that I would never, ever have done years ago. So and now I've got a hobby and and I absolutely love it. I'm just so amazed like listening to the way that you share how your life is looking and how it's transformed because thinking back to the van and you weren't very excited about the van when Trent was around and that was something you're like the van's not very cool and then you know you hadn't done any surfing or anything and now you're driving around in this van you know that was Trent's and going out surfing and it's just amazing to see that and hear about that transformation and you sound, you know, for all the heaviness of losing somebody so early and so unexpectedly, hearing you talk about what your life looks like in those regards, like you sound really light and bright and, you know, excited about that. Yeah, definitely. And even some things that I do out um, in the van I laugh at myself because I can hear Trent sometimes speaking to me like he's to refer to me as Lozzie so I can hear him laughing sometimes and just going Lozzie I just I can't believe that you're doing this it's so cool like I can hear him saying it I pull out my little two stove burner and my table and I'm out in the middle of the bush cooking dinner for myself watching the sunset like listening to the birds sitting out in the dark on my own in a camp chair and watching the stars after I've eaten (laughs) rice and veggies usually, but does the trick. And yeah, and I'm out there all by myself and I can hear Trent just having a little giggle to himself, just being so amazed that this is something that I'm doing without him and without anyone. So yeah, I'm pretty stoked with that. Yeah. You might not have answers to this and that's okay, but I'm curious to know, what do the next 18 months look like for you? Or are you planning on staying on the road for a really long time? Do you envision another chapter, you know, in the near future where you're doing something else? What does that look like? So at this point, you know, I'm very lucky with my profession. So I'm a registered nurse and I'm able to pick up work quite easily as I'm going around. And at this point, for me, I don't really plan too far in advance. And that's one thing that I would probably recommend anyone out there on the road as well like it's good to be organized but you never know where you're going to enjoy or where you feel like maybe that you could settle down here a little bit or there's a place that you might have thought would be amazing and you rock up there and it's just not really cracked up to what you thought it would be so you move on quite quickly and that's sort of how I've been just living in the last six months on the road but I feel like I probably will be doing the van life for a good six more months until I feel like maybe going back to Perth and living there or maybe coming back up to Queensland and and living here. It's just, I don't know what life has in front of me. So I just sort of roll with the punches and I just take what comes and, you know, I don't know who I meet on the road. I've met so many people and they've steered me all in different directions, directions that I thought that I was going to go and I've changed my mind. So In the next 18 months to answer your question, 
I'm really not sure, but I definitely think that there's a good six months still left in me on the road. And yeah, I sort of feel like the world is my oyster at the moment. I just take it as it comes and just roll with the punches. (laughs) (laughs) It's really amazing to hear that just because I think that one lesson that everyone can walk away from with hearing a story like yours is that we don't know what comes next and you know, there can be really, really scary things that come up in our life or really tragic things that come up in our life, but there can also be really beautiful things that come up in our life too. And so, yeah, just not taking anything for granted and moving forward without expectations is something that I'm walking away with as a reminder from your stories and our conversation for sure. Yeah. You know, that's one of the messages that I like to relay and you know, whoever follows my journey on Instagram, I'm just raw on there and I don't have a cause behind Trent's passing. I I don't know what happened to him. He was a healthy, fit, 36-year-old, beautiful man that had so much life and had so much more living to do. He didn't even get to be a father. You know, that's where it breaks my heart. And all of these things that we had planned, planning our honeymoon in six months because we just wanted to save up a little bit more money, you know, planning to renovate our kitchen but didn't get around to doing it because of what had happened to him. And I feel like a lot of us plan a little bit too much in in advance and I really feel like we should just live in the present and not, not worry too much about the future. Life is so precious and it can be taken away from you in an instant, whether you're the one that's passed away or the one who's lost that loved one. My life was taken away from me, I feel, and I've now had to rebuild a new life. So this is my new life now and I feel more grateful for life. And, yeah, that's the little messages that I like to send out there just you know, tell your loved ones just that little bit more that you do love them. And if you're having a little argument about something small and they walk out the door, you just say, just want you to know I love you. And I know it's really hard to say this, but like work and money, try not to let that rule your life too much either. Try and find that balance so that you can be a bit more spontaneous and enjoy the larger things and also the little things in life. In addition to Lauren's vulnerability to share her story of loss and how she's grown from it, she also holds a lot of conversations with other travelers online about what it's like to hit the road solo. A couple of questions come up more regularly than others. I receive a lot of inbox messages through my Instagram from a lot of female travelers out there, and they're always asking me the same questions. But two of the main questions that sort of arise all the time are, do I feel safe out there? And have I ever been scared? And women, I know even men traveling solo, so I don't want to say it's not just women out there. I commend all people traveling on their own. But I understand how women can feel that little bit more vulnerable out there on the road. And I just want to say that I've I've always felt safe out there. Um, It really just does take common sense being out on the road. And you think that you are alone because you're traveling in this van alone, but really there are so many people out there on the road doing the same route as you and you all end up in the same place that night. So you're never really on your own. So I just, that was something that I was really afraid of, that I would be, I would pull up to places and I would be completely on my own. No, I didn't want to come out of my van or anything like that because I didn't want people to know that I was by myself, but it's a different world out there and everybody is very welcoming. Everybody always says, 
good morning to you and things like that when you're in a little campsite and you make friends instantly. So I can understand people's fears. They sort of go away as soon as you hit the road. Just learn to, how to change a tyre. That's one thing my dad told me to do and he wouldn't let me go unless I'd learnt to change a tyre and I had to show him. <laughs> so now I know if anything happens to my tyres, I can change them. But luckily, nothing has happened in regards to my tyres as of yet. <laughs> Touch wood. <laughs> I really like that rule. I think that knowing how to change a tyre is a good one. I actually recently killed my battery in my van and I had just never had the opportunity to jumpstart a car. I've been really lucky, but also nobody ever made me learn. And so to your point, there's usually always someone around to help out. And so I was very fortunate to have someone help me out, but it made me feel vulnerable to recognize that, oh, I'd never done that myself before. And now I know how to do it, which is great. So it was a good learning opportunity. But yep, there's a few basic things. I think changing a tire is definitely one of those. So that's good. Yeah. And you just, it's in the back of your mind. So you sort of know if anything was to happen, I know how to do this. I mean, I'm really lucky. Things haven't really broken in my van. But for instance, when I was at home and (laughs) my antenna on my TV was playing up or I mean I have a pool that I had to manage and I had to manage the filtering system on it and these were all things that Trent used to do and now I did them all and I manage everything and I know I can do it and being on the road highlighted that a lot more for me just how much I really can do no I don't need to rely on anyone not that I ever did really rely on Trent with everything but I, I feel like I don't need to rely on anyone to manage those sort of things in my life like I can get them done now I can pull a really heavy tire underneath my van off (laughs) I can do it so yeah it feels good so my advice for the girl thinking of going out there is just to do it do it you will never regret it Thanks so much to Lauren for taking the time to share so openly about her life on the road and about her late husband, Trent. If you'd like to follow on Lauren's adventures and read about her reflections as she travels around Australia, you can find her on Instagram at Lauren underscore Ashley underscore Walker. Follow the link in our show notes and we'll take you there. Remember also that you can get a 20% discount on a camper van rental for the Women on the Road Gathering, which is next Friday, using code WOMEN20 through Escape Camper Vans. There's still time to register for our event in Taos and put together a fun road trip to come join us. So we hope to see you there in just a week. And if you can't make it to the gathering, make sure you find us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Women on the Road and on Facebook, including our Facebook group for community questions, stories, and support by searching for Women on the Road podcast. Also, if you want to support the show, we'd love for you to share this episode with a friend or leave a review on Apple Podcasts or really anywhere you listen. It helps a lot and we really appreciate it. Music is by Josh Woodward, Heisen, and Jason Shaw. Women on the Road is edited in partnership with Gail Straub and produced by She Explores.